there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit in Every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes Hello and welcome To another episode Of life as a gringo I am Dramos Of course And man I'm, I'm really excited About today's episode I think particularly Because We're in the midst of Hispanic Heritage Month, Latinx Heritage Month, Latin Heritage Month, Latin Heritage Month, whatever you want to call it, whatever makes sense for you. Um, but but we're in the midst of of celebrating our culture. And I uh I had on for you know the the last man, last week we had uh Chris Rivas, who has an incredible story about being a Latino in Hollywood, and and we had uh Luis uh on the Thursday Trends episode, and we spoke a lot about Puerto Rico and all that's happening over there. And and today I wanted to to share an interview that I did. Uh, it was probably a week after we we ended season one. It was just one of those things where I couldn't fit it in schedule wise into last season. But it's one of those ones that I want to make sure you guys get to hear because I just think this person has such an incredible story. And and it's Doris Anahi. And anybody who's not familiar, I had actually mentioned uh, Disney getting behind a documentary. Uh, about two Latin women, and and actually this is is Doris's documentary. Just kind of the way the universe works. Um, I, I happen to to know her PR person, uh, randomly, and and we were able to get her on the show. And the documentary is called Miha. It's on Disney, uh, Disney Plus. But but man, she has such an incredible story, and it's and it's the immigrant experience, you know. And I think it's important for me to do my best to showcase, you know, the variety of of Latin voices that that exist in our community, right? You know, because uh, I, I've said this a million times, but as a Puerto Rican, I, I can't necessarily um, 
wholeheartedly in the literal sense relate to everything you know people like our our mexican brothers and sisters go through right and I, it's important for me to give space for them to share their story but also for me to educate myself on things that i'm not keen to as far as the everyday lives and, and the everyday struggles uh, that that people face coming from from many of these beautiful countries that that represent the latin diaspora so Doris has an incredible man immigrant story. It's one that I'm sure resonates with a lot of people listening to this. Uh, you know, when it comes to man, her being, if I'm not mistaken, the the only person who is an actual citizen in her family and bearing that burden of, of you know, her essentially being given this golden ticket in their eyes, right? And and not to mess it up by uh not picking a a life that's worthy of of that man opportunity, right? So Doris you know, bounced around in the music industry and, and has been chasing her dreams now is an artist herself after managing artists and working for record labels. So we'll get into all of that. I, I want to dive into her story. So we'll, we'll have a kind of a long me hint this segment and then we'll get into our ask a gringo segment where I allow y'all to, to, you know, chime in on this, this uh, sort of conversation or question that's based off the conversation that I have with Doris. But uh, without further ado, man, let's let's get into this conversation because I just think it was incredibly moving and inspiring for me. And I think, man, a lot of y'all are probably going to resonate with this as well. My guest today is the focus of the new Disney Plus documentary, Miha. She also has her debut EP, Aprendiendo por la Malas, which I know I just butchered a bit here with my broken Spanish, but <laughs> it is out everywhere right now. Doris, Anai, how you doing? I'm doing as good as can be right now. It's a big roller coaster ride, but we're holding on tight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I love I love the honesty in that answer right now because oh, most yeah. people would just kind of be like bullshitting a little bit, like, oh, greatest ride ever. I'm having the best oh, time. Oh, for sure. Mom. Oh no. I'm 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 gonna be <laughs> real as hell that it's it has its ups and downs and like what, every day is different, but I'm super grateful to be here. <laughs> like, why not? I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I'm guessing you're you're talking about, I mean, the it's I'm sure a lot of pressure, a lot of work, a lot of time going into promoting this and putting your story out there is I'm sure what you're kind of expressing, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's like, sorry, my perrita. <laughs> she's trying to defend me right now i think someone walking across the little, little la dog just <laughs> doing her la stuff luna calmate calmate dude you're good <laughs> she's good um yeah i mean it's a lot of travel like people think it's it's glamorous but it's like you know sometimes you take a red eye to new york and then your terminal mm. gets shut down and then your flight gets right. delayed 12 hours and then right. <laughs> you know like it, it yeah. is it all uh, a walk in the park it, it's absolutely sure. work and, and travel takes a toll on you and yeah. and your schedule is slammed but it's like i'm doing things that i would have never imagined like far beyond the realm of of my imagination that's for sure so i yeah yeah it, it's it's holding space for both right where like right yeah I, i'm grateful for all of this but i'm like oh my god yeah it, it, <laughs> it's a lot you're running here you're running there right um you try to find moments for yourself but yeah it's uh it's like a it's a, it's a balancing act of trying to remain sane i can only imagine i want to I, I so I mean let let's kind of talk about this this whole story of yours for anybody not familiar because uh there I, maybe there's some people out there who haven't heard of of all that's going on I know Miha's gotten a lot of attention I actually talked about it on the podcast a few months ago when they announced it um, that Disney Plus was putting this out and was just like celebrating the fact that a a Latin story was getting told like this an authentic Latin story. So I mean anybody not familiar let's just kind of start there. What is the the premise of this documentary of yours Mija? I mean it's the story it's an immigration story and like music is really what I mean not disguises it per se but it's really like yeah. the the vehicle that moves it, you know, at the end of sure. the day like we deserve these moments of joy and not just like having to relive a lot of trauma. And so I put it on. You hear her in the background. She's defending my honor right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's about the complex narrative of being a kid of immigrants in, in the United States. And that like, you know, that, yeah, you know, I, I say this in the film, but like how dreaming big does take a toll, you know, mm. and 
and living with that pressure to succeed in order to honor your parents' sacrifice to come to this country. And yeah. I think like um, not many stories really tell that. And so it's it's vulnerable. It's honest. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's at the intersect of music and immigration. And I think would really connect intergenerationally. I, I, I want to focus on something you just said because I, I, I'm connecting to and I'd love for you to kind of expound upon it a bit. Uh, dreaming big takes a toll. Kind of break that that down a little bit. What does that I- I- exactly mean? Because I think it's not spoken about quite uh, enough. You know, we hear all these glamorized stories of people coming up, but, you know, we, we quite frequently don't hear kind of all that comes along with, you know, trying to bring these ideas to life. And the bigger your ideas get, you know, the the more trouble that you also invite in. So, I mean, let's kind of talk about that a bit. Oh, yeah, that's a very true statement <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's like there's like more money, more problems, but, right, it, right. but in, in a more expanded way. Yeah, I mean, I think my whole journey trying to make it in the music industry is reflective of that. You know, like it yeah. wasn't until like my last year in college that I decided to pursue the music industry instead of pursuing like an education <laughs> like I, I was going to be a teacher and then I oh wow yeah I I, I I I completely switched gear before I was about to start my credential program and tried to like make my way into the music industry and I learned my lessons very early on when you know I was like oh you have to work for free to like try right. to get a job <laughs> right and right. so that was like my era of interning and having to like do like the wildest turnovers because I was given opportunity and I wanted to say yes to every opportunity because I think right. um, as a kid of immigrants who did, didn't really have like a blueprint before them, you know, we don't really sure. get to experience the blessings of nepotism in the entertainment industry. Like, right, like right. Um, we can't say no to, to an opportunity. Right. And so I remember interning in Hollywood Monday nights and uh, closing at like one in the morning and then having to be in Beverly Hills to intern at Sony at nine in the morning. Mm. Like, Sometimes I just slept in my car because there was no point in yeah. driving back to like Orange County where I was going to school to like make right. my way back to L.A. So when I started working in the music industry, you know, I had big dreams of and, and I got a job as like a tour manager, as a day to day manager for a pop artist signed to Columbia Records. And then mm-hmm. later that fall, a few months after I finally moved back to L.A., I got let go because there was mm. there was no budget for me anymore. And I learned yeah. my big lesson in the music industry that nothing is stable there and so right you know i had to like follow my face a bit you know temp you know i was right. a fr- i was a front desk early for for some time you know doing coat check working the door passing out flyers driving uber like the whole thing and then i started my own company and mm. then that was three years of like absolute <sighs> Like a similar roller coaster ride. We were traveling all over the world. All of our dreams were coming true. And then come 2020, the pandemic happens and my entire industry mm. is shut down. You right. know, so I think that's what I, I refer to when it comes to dreaming big takes a toll because yeah. dreaming big requires a risk. Yep. And doesn't necessarily entail stability nor security. You know, like sure. we're not just taking a nine to five job here and like no shame to those who like choose that path for themselves. But for those who do want to pursue their dreams, it isn't, it isn't easy. <laughs> it, right, isn't, right. it isn't easy at all. And, and it takes on your, a toll on your like mind, body, spirit, the whole, the whole thing. If you're really like fully dedicated to it. Sure. Sure. I want to, I want to talk about the trauma of the music industry a little bit. <laughs> uh, because I, I have a, a similar story throughout my path, you know, playing in bands and then, you know, interning at record labels, working in radio and now podcasting. But, you know, I, I've gone through a, a similar story and I've only now come to a place in my life where I feel comfortable saying no to particular opportunities. Right. And and realizing that every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else, basically, in my personal life. Right. And for a long yeah. time, I didn't realize that. Because what always happens is you get the opportunity to do something and it always somehow falls on the same date of like, you know, your significant other's birthday or yeah. whatever it is. Right. You always are forced to make this this choice and you keep saying yes out of fear of kind of like the well drying up. Right. The opportunities drying up and and also understanding that a career in the entertainment industry generally only lasts for but so long. Right. And you have to kind of make the most of the time that you're given. 
So, I mean, let, let's kind of touch on a little bit of that, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've gone through the ups and downs of trying to find the balance in your life while still trying to pursue this career. I mean, can you kind of talk about some of those, those struggles and have you found any of that balance? Now I have. Now okay. I have. I think now that we're in promo land, I mm. am totally conscious that like, I'm here to like do the work. I'm here to like to champion what we're doing and and carry this film on my back like i i i I really like believe in what's happening right now what we're doing but like if you ask me this same question like a few years ago Mm. um i was full like what is it just like robust keep like not not, not full on that but like but like um i was definitely in that like robust mindset of like burning myself to the ground like I, i i burned out hard and I crashed in the pandemic. Like when I finally stopped. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> when I finally stopped, because I mean, for three years prior to the pandemic, I started my company in 2017. Mm. And all of a sudden, like I was nonstop touring. Like I was touring from the moment I graduated college in 2016 to yeah. when I started managing. Like 2017 it was a little bit of a lull. And then we like picked it back up and then we we're like nonstop touring. And, and on top of all of that, like, I think people started to acknowledge the work that I was doing as a manager as well. So on top of doing the work as a manager, I was also doing the work of like going to like speak at universities or speaking at high mm. schools. And like that comes from the heart, you know, and, yeah. or or then I was starting to get asked to like speak at panels and stuff like industry wise. And it all came from from a good place of wanting to like yeah. pass along knowledge or or yeah. connect with community that like really needs to feel like represented in you know there's not a lot of latinas in the music industry especially in the Mm -hmm. general market and so i kept saying yes to everything like and and i referred to this in the film um that like i was like smashing myself into like a million pieces to give it to everyone else except myself Mm. and so i I think like as you grow in your career you can afford to say no right or say no thank you not right now and like you know you can find a way to leave a door open or have it be, you know, like it's all love. It's all respect. It's just, I don't have the bandwidth right now, but before right. I didn't know how to say, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now because I didn't want to disappoint sure. people. And it right. wasn't until this last year, even less than a year ago, I was at a crossroads of taking a full-time job in the music industry. So con- continuing the music executive route mm-hmm. or follow these open doors uh, in expressing myself as an artist. And right, right. that was one of the most difficult decisions I had to make in my life where I had to realize like I couldn't do both. Like as much as I wanted right. to, like I, I, there's only one of me and I already burned myself out once. I already, right. I'm like, I already had a mental breakdown once. So I want to do that to myself again. Not really. Um, right. But for those who are like in college and are yeah. trying to like intern and like make their way and, and find an open door, you can't really afford to say no there, you know? So I was like, right. A wait, I was like working two jobs as a waitress on the weekends, pulling doubles mm. just so I can afford two intern. Like I worked, right. I worked two jobs <laughs> so I can work two internships for free. Oh, <laughs> like, the irony of that fucking <laughs> statement, though, and it resonates so hard with me. <laughs> it was but, so rough, but I was just like, it's yeah. really worth it, I promise. Right, right. But, but here's the thing. I, mean, I don't condone like pushing yourself. No, to I don't condone it. Yourself. I don't. I don't. I right? do not. <laughs> but you do have to have like if you're genuinely going to be chasing after a dream and fighting against the norm of like what society dictates is a career path. Right. There has to be some sort of level of, of obsession. I think you can find a healthy way to be obsessed with it in general. But I think a lot of people get so caught up with the glitz and glamour of it all. And and you have to really ask yourself when pursuing any dream, you know, it's like, do I do I really love this enough to be eating all of the shit that I'm going to have to do and to be sort of not be able to hang out with my friends the way I want to not have a normal social life? Like, is it worth that for me? You know, you have to truly ask yourself that that question. And, and it's OK if that your answer is no. Right. Like, it's OK if the answer is no. I'd rather have a more stable lifestyle. But I feel like a lot of people don't recognize kind of, you know, the level of sacrifice that it takes to truly kind of live these, these this life of freedom, essentially, right? Personal freedom that, that makes sense for you. Oh, yeah. And, and I totally forgot to, like, even acknowledge the personal part of it. Like, yeah. and, and me learning that, like, oh, my God, I missed weddings, bautistos. Right. Unfortunately, like, 
funerals, like mm-hmm. birthdays, mm-hmm. like really like missing moments to like, cause I was always on the road, you know, right. so- sometimes for like months at a time. And so I miss like moments of just like cultivating community and fostering my relationships, like nurturing my relationships, you know? And right. so I think like, an, you know, in your twenties anyway, it happens like certain friendships, like fall away, et cetera. Like things get yeah. weeded out, but right. yeah, it was a lot of sacrifice that I had to make that not necessarily understood. Not, and it, not everyone understood because mind right. you, I was, I was 23 years old when I started my business. So I wow. couldn't necessarily relate to my friends most of the time because they mm-hmm. just didn't get it when it came to the amount of sacrifice I had to make because I was just like, guys, like this isn't just for me. Like I'm taking care of my family. Like, please, right. please understand. Like I'm a provider. Like it, this isn't, I don't do this just because like I want to, you know, I have yeah. to, like, right. I, I don't, I don't have a choice. And so my family understood, you know, yeah. and like, um, it was really sad to like see like my nieces and nephew like mm. grow up so quickly and not being able to right. see like those moments. Like I love my family so much. They live down the street from me, but like, mm. but you know, like I, I've, I've been now on the road too for some time. And I, I saw like my nieces and my nephew for the first time last night and like, Ooh, like yeah. a couple months and they lived on the street. Like it's, right, it, right. It, it, it's hard out here, but like, nothing will then take away the moments of like seeing like my baby niece like looking at the big screen last night and realizing like i was on there she was sitting right next to me she was like looking at me Mm. and she's like two years old she's like (laughs) i mean she's looking at the big screen she's like pointing at it and like right she she sees my my dad and she calls my she calls abuelito tito because she can't say abuelito but like she's like (laughs) tito like tita she's like like daddy like she's like you know she saw my my like the archival footage of of, of yeah. our family and you know saw her dad and was like daddy's like where's daddy like <laughs> my right. my sister allowed to be like daddy's working right now you know <laughs> like um yeah. and so those moments are like what make all the sacrifice worthwhile right. but you know having to come to terms with not everyone's going to necessarily understand the kind of sacrifices you need to make and mm-hmm. as long as you go to bed and you're at peace with like what you need to to do or, or not do like yeah. it's it's a consistent balancing act like it, sure. it, there's no formula to like these are the things i say no to and these right. are the things <laughs> to like yeah, i mean we're all figuring it out as we go along right yeah. like unfortunately you can't be taught every situation you know you kind of have to learn on the fly all right i'm, I'm loving the the conversation man we're, we're getting into it uh but let's let's take a quick break here and then we'll be right back There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos 
Unidos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit bartesian.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. All right, we are back. So let's talk about your family since you're mentioning them, you know. This is obviously a complete left turn from anything that like any of them have ever experienced, right? Your choice of of career, but you're the product of an immigrant family, right? And if I'm not mistaken, the, the your parents were undocumented, right? Yeah. And and you're you're living with this fear, and you talk about this in the documentary. You're living with this fear of your parents being deported, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, can you kind of talk a bit about the mental health aspect of that? You know, because as as much as I I can sympathize with your story, you know, my parents are, are Puerto Rican, right? So I don't share in that same kind of, uh, you know, fear, right? I, I didn't yeah. grow up with that. But I can only imagine the burden it was every single day having that kind of cloud over your head. I mean, you mind kind of talking a bit about what it was like growing up with that constant fear being a real thing you had to deal with every day? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I was like, very conscious of it since I was a very young girl, you know, like it wasn't just my parents. It was also my brothers. So like, I was the only one who had like security of having papers in this country. And so, you know, my parents, uh, I think were harder on my brothers on, on when it came to like living in fear because they just wanted my brothers to get out of trouble, stay out of trouble. So that way they didn't have to face possible, like, you know, run-ins with law enforcement that that would sure. that them would out the whole family, right? And right. so, I think like my oldest brother really internalized that and then passed that along to me and was very hard on me mm-hmm. growing up. But I know it was like tough love because he yeah. wanted me to succeed because he saw that. What I specifically remember him telling me is that like you have the key to this country and it's called mm-hmm. the social security number. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Your brother doesn't right. have that. Our parents don't have that. You have that. You're the only one in this family that has that. You can go to college. You can get a job. I can't do that. Go and do that mm. for us. You know, like, mm. and so imagine that, like me, like seven years old, like 
<laughs> like taking that Jesus. in and so yeah. and so my trauma response was overachieving and, mm. uh, and so from and it followed me my whole life and sure. so from a young young girl like I remember my tia telling me she wanted me to be an, an abogada to help our people and, and, and I was like all right, bet I'm seven years old and you want me to be an immigration. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, I watched Legally Blonde once. I'm down to go to Harvard. <laughs> like, let's do this. And, and so, like, since I was like in second grade, I was like sight set on like an Ivy League education and, and like yeah. doing everything that I could to like get like, you know, I was a straight A student and then high school happened. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's when I really got to experience like the fear of my family possibly like, being stripped away from me like happened in in real life and like both my brothers were detained while I was in high school and and weren't deported but you know like the both of them separately had their their moments with with ICE and my mom got like um you know pulled over by by the police and our and our and our car got repossessed because she was driving without a license because undocumented mm. you can't get a sure. license well now you can sure. but like um And so seeing that and like seeing my dad lose his job because he didn't have the proper documentation and like all of this weight really crushed me. And I think in high school, I think it was the first time that I ever saw that manifest like in real mental health, like Hmm. problems that I didn't even know the language to like name it. Right. Like I I had like my first like anxiety attack in high school and I had no idea what it, what it even was. And it affected me and it affected my grades and like, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I started being creative and I was like in yeah. choir and in theater, but I was also like an ASB kid and I was mm. an all honors AP student <laughs> and I was carrying a lot and I had no idea uh, what toll that would take on me at such a young age. But like my therapist, you know, I've been doing the work, <laughs> the, the work, <laughs> the work, the work we say in this house. And Love it, it. my therapist just reminds me is that I was consistently living in survival mode, you know, like. Right. Every single day, waking up with the fear that one day I that th- this could be the day I come home from school and my family isn't there, like mm-hmm. that. That's so wild to me, you know. That like, but yeah. I, I'm one of millions of kids right. that have to deal with that fear, you know, living in a mixed status family, or you know, it's 11 million undocumented immigrants in the United States, and, and they all have to live with that fear and still like live their day to day lives and you know, as, as an adult and really understanding how to name like, oh, okay, bouts of anxiety trigger depressive mm-hmm. episodes and then having mm-hmm. to like manage that and maintain that and like having those conversations with my parents and with my family and like, you know, having challenging conversations with like extended family surrounding um, them not believing, quote unquote, believing in depression. And I'm like, that's crazy. Right, what if right. I don't believe in your diabetes? That's wild. Right, <laughs> like- right, right. Yeah, because it's like pray it away, right? It's like the old school Literal. mentality, you know, go to church and Literally. pray I mean, this thing away. I was raised in, evangel- in an evangelical church. I was raised right. in the ministry. I was raised singing in the church. I was mm-hmm. raised by like tios y tias, que, you know, our pastors, worship leaders, etc. And so having a conversation surrounding mental health and like actually like doing the work to do so. Like I didn't start seeing yeah. a therapist until like three years ago. And mm-hmm. I, I wish I started going at a way younger age. Like I wish like our, you know, I think it's like um, an example of like falling through the cracks of, of the system. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember having that anxiety attack in high school and like my school nurse didn't do nothing. Like girl, right. don't you see yeah. like, shouldn't shouldn't you know like what my symptoms are presenting right now and that like we have a conversation surrounding mental health or surrounding anxiety and then maybe i can like start to seek help there but like i went to school in the hood so like (laughs) we we were we were very poorly funded high school but you know built character and and it made me really strong but like that's another thing surrounding mental health is that like when you are the one carrying all of this like you right. know, I think Disney did a great job with Encanto and like yep. and portraying that. But like, you can't always be the strong one. Like, like right. sometimes your powers, you know, will mm-hmm. will go away at one point because it's just not sustainable. It's right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and I think what's, what is beautiful, though, it's like our generation is the one having these conversations. 
But on the flip side of it is we bear the burden of having to educate the previous generation, right? And also mm-hmm. having to like, uh, we're, we're, we're just trying to help ourselves and like be better, but we're also now having to fight this battle with them, not understanding oh why God. this is important, right? Oh my God, and, I'm not one of your strongest soldiers. Right, so, right. <laughs> and that's like traumatic <laughs> in, in, in itself, right? But I, I also, I want to talk about this career choice, right? Because the one thing I, I genuinely resonated with your story was the idea of your parents not understanding what the hell you were trying to do and not supporting it, right? And, and you know, for me, I resonate with the idea of being an overachiever, definitely not in high school, but as far as my career goes. But for me, it was more rebellion to prove them wrong, right? And I became obsessed with having these different check marks. Okay, I want to make more money than my father ever made in a year to prove him wrong. And I'm going to show him that W-2, right? Let me let me buy a house with uh, based on music money and show them that, right? That became my like mission in, in life. And eventually, obviously, it led me to a burnout similar to what you're talking about. But I mean, you ha- face it in a similar way of proving them wrong, but also having the burden of trying to be the breadwinner of the family. And then on top of that, being the only one, like your brother said, having the key to the country where literally you can do all the things that they dreamed of. Talk to me a little bit about kind of the stages that you went through with like your family, not su- not only not supporting this, but also it, I can imagine almost to them feels like you're spitting in the face of all the sacrifice that they made to a degree by going after this silly career, quote unquote, I'm sure of like playing music. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I'm very grateful my immediate family um aren't necessarily the ones who spit on it too much it was more so my extended family it was like my abuelito okay. who didn't necessarily understand my right. oldest brother is actually the one who was upset at me trying to pursue a career as a teacher <laughs> he's wow. like doris you're gonna be so broke what do you mean like you have all these, <laughs> he's like you have all these talents like yeah. go go and get it like you can make wow. more money than in one month than you do in one year as a teacher if you really like you know, work hard and like, right. you know, my specific like nuclear family, um, because of my mom, we we're kind of given this like entrepreneurial spirit, you know, she, sure. she participated in like 20 plus pyramid schemes for show my whole life. Like <laughs> Amway, I, I, I Amway, we were part of Amway back oh my in the God, day, yeah. Amway, Princess House, <laughs> Avon, Mary Kay, Home Interiors, <laughs> Kitchen Fair, the whole yep. thing. And I would, you know, uh-huh. I'm going to have a Babe, couldn't afford a babysitter so I was there with right. her door to door sitting yeah. at all the little Mary Kay makeup parties and I'm grateful for that because I, I learned skincare and how to do my makeup <laughs> at a very young age and and more so just like the power of like speaking to people and what it what it means and building like a I don't really love the word network it, it kind of it cringes it makes me cringe sure. a bit but my mom built like a nice little community of like señoras who like were always okay. down to like join the new <laughs> <laughs> the new thing she was she was selling and and so you know it's not really about selling the product it's about getting people to like work with you you know right and right that, that's Absolutely. the whole thing and so and so you know my nuclear family was very entrepreneurial um but and you know my brothers just really wanted me to like get a degree you know and, yeah. and not mess that up and so like when I was like slipping in my grades in high school because all the stuff was going down with my family it was like a catch-22 I'm like sure. don't y'all know that like I'm going through it because of y'all like you know, right. what's happening here but you know I would say I think the only really adversarial thing that I I faced was like you know my grandfather like when I first started like my business and you know may, may he rest in peace you know he he was a creative spirit that really like I think planted that seed in all of us to be creative, you know, he was a writer, but didn't necessarily pursue that, that career because he was so dedicated to the ministry. But I, I used to organize these concerts called Selena for Sanctuary and they're like Selena mm-hmm. tribute concerts. And um, it at first helped me like fundraise for my parents' papers. And then we yeah. like moved it into a national scale and it was such a beautiful ride. But all that to say, yeah. when it was first starting, it started getting this momentum and like, we did an interview for like Univision. I'm like, oh my God, yes, mm. I have something to show my grandparents. They'll understand right. what I'm doing now because their whole thing was that I'm not using my talents for the Lord. Mm. You know, okay. that I was yeah. I was supposed to pursue a career in ministry. And mm. so when I showed my grandpa this Univision interview, yeah. all he said was to be careful with the spirit of exhibitionism. <laughs> Oh my God. And that, by the way, that I don't, I can't resonate with the religious part, but I can resonate with thinking that this was going to be the moment that everybody understood what you were doing and they're going to be proud of you. And then they just don't get it. And it's the most deflating thing in the world and traumatizing. They don't get it. I am very (laughs) lucky to have two 
very loving and expressive parents. And I wish yeah. more immigrant parents can take a note from my parents. Mm. Handbook. Like they couldn't give me things financially or, yeah. um, you know, nepotism when it came to like career wise <laughs> things, but they sure as hell filled me with words of affirmation mm. and lots of physical touch to like, show how loved I am and how encouraged I am you know like yeah my parents are the kind that like to send me those cute little like Snoopy like WhatsApp good morning text right. it's like <laughs> you know like sparkles yeah. like yeah. And, and so I'm very lucky when it comes to that one you sure. know my oldest brother like I said was really tough love on me but I know that I am like the exception to the rule, you know, my yeah. my parents didn't necessarily understand. I don't think they'll mm. ever truly understand what I sure. do now. I think they do now that I'm like in the artist seat and like in yeah. this movie promo land, you know, and they're right. they're starting to understand the lay of the land, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I remember when I I was really broke <laughs> and, and I was in the midst of like possibly taking another full-time job in the music industry after I, I'd gotten let go for my first one. And I was like, you know, I got let go a week before my birthday. My week, my birthday is like on Thanksgiving. So like, mm. you know, this, the music industry shuts down from like Thanksgiving sure. until the new year. Complete. Yep. Like it's, it's yep. tumbleweeds are, are just, <laughs> are just flying yeah. by. And so I right. was broke, like so, so, so broken. In the beginning of 2017, I was offered a full-time job and in my gut, I, I was presented with the crossroads again, too. It was either like manage this kid. This was like when I found yeah. Pupo uh, mm -hmm. and I saw him play in a backyard show. And I was like, oh, my God, this kid's and we're going to take over the world. Like if I dedicate yeah. myself a thousand percent to this, I know we can make it happen. Like we can do it or right. take this full time job. And then like this goes way slower than anticipated or I can't be on True. the road with him and I can't like handle these things. And so I decided not to take a full-time job. And like, that was the first mm. time that my parents were like, Lodis, are you sure? <laughs> like, right. are, are, you, are, you, are you really sure? And yeah. I think because I was so hyper-independent growing up, I was like low-key Matilda status, you know? Like, <laughs> like they were just accepting. And they're yeah. like, sabes que? Like, you know best when it comes to, to your world and that's it. But yeah. like, again, I know I'm the exception to the rule where like, on the contrary, I think you see like the two vast differences of that where like in the documentary you see unfortunately what like jacks had to face you know and mm. and you know i think like what i told her in the film and i think what else anyone who really said experience of like your parents are necessarily understanding that like one day they will hopefully but sometimes they don't really necessarily get it until like they just see that you're like having a sustainable lifestyle right that's yeah. nurtured by the work that you do you know it isn't yeah. until you're making a certain amount of money that i think immigrant parents will get it but sure sure but yeah all that to say <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i I'm, I'm i'm very lucky but i also have a mixed bag of like what expectations look like and right. and you know how to navigate once you don't really meet those expectations from your family Right, right. I mean, it's it's beautiful that your your parents were still able to you know support you in that way, and and I'm I'm fortunate as well. Where like love was never a question, right? So that's like a, a step up because some people's parents might be like, "Hey, get out of my house unless you have a full time job or yeah. you're in school," type of thing, right? Exactly. You know, so uh, it, it's definitely you know each to each his own unique different stories. But I definitely agree. Like I I wish that immigrant parents were able to have a bit of that softness, and obviously life has hardened them a bit, right? Some of yeah. their experiences, which which is totally understandable. So let, let's pause for a second and, and take a quick break and, and then we'll be right back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky 
quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, we are back. Now, the, the last thing I wanted to touch on with you is is talking about your music and 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 also, you know, my podcast is is Life as a Gringo because I was called a gringo by my family back in in, in Puerto Rico, right? Because I wasn't like Latin enough for them, yeah. right? You know, so and I know that a lot of my audience sort of resonates with that message of of never feeling enough because we were born here in the states and we're very much americanized, right? And you know, there's this struggle of, of trying to find your roots, but also redefining who you are based upon your own experiences. Right. So I thought it was really interesting in your music where you incorporate, you know, classical elements of, of Mexican culture and Mexican music. Right. But but also making it your own. So, I'm, I mean, I'm curious for you, how do you kind of find that balance in life of like, you know, really honoring your roots and your ancestors, but also kind of understanding that your story is a little bit different and, and validating that part of your experience as well? Well, I completely understand that experience. I definitely live by the Edward James almost Selena quote, <laughs> where you're like, you're not Mexican enough for the Mexicans, you're not American right. enough for the Americans. It's exhausting. Like, right. it's a very much more detailed quote, but it's like, yeah, when you yeah. go to Mexico, you're expected to speak perfect Spanish. When you're here in the States, you're expected to be a model citizen, you know? Yeah. And so 
growing up, like, like I mentioned, like I grew up singing in the church. And, and so, yeah. um, honestly, anything outside of like, you know, church music wasn't necessarily yeah. allowed. So I had to like right. sneak it. Like I, yeah. I watched an episode of Gilmore Girls where like her best friend, like hid her CDs in the floorboards. <laughs> and I found a loose floorboard in my, in my closet. And I like, I hid my little like Roquera CDs in there, you know, and I had, <laughs> I had like no doubt and my chemical romance yeah. and fallout boy. And like, when I was in middle school, that it was the era of like emo, you know, it, yeah. it was when emo was having its moment. And, um, and that's no. a very white thing, quote unquote, Ex- holding up air quotes. So exactly that. So like my brothers, yeah. they rate like I was very lucky to have brothers who were like super into music, but like had yeah. an amazing eclectic taste of music. So like my brothers mm-hmm. were both like musicians themselves too. like they they loved like the underground hip hop scene and they were like super into that. So like mm-hmm. me as like a seven year old, like rapping along with them to like like Elemento and like Beat Junkies and like Visionaries. And, um, but then they introduced a gang star to me and Common and Most Def. And I was like, like so on it. But then Jose, my brother who lives in Mexico, he's the one who introduced like Mariah Carey and Aaliyah and Mm. Sade and like these, Mm. and Whitney Houston and these beautiful vocalists uh, and writers, you know? And then, but then he also opened the doors of like, you know, this is where he, this is what everything changed for me, where he introduced me to like Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana. Mm. And like yep. that changed my life. Like that's when I was like, oh, this, yeah. this, like I'm angry about some things. Like let's go, <laughs> let's dive into this. And so in sixth grade, yeah. I decided, like I, I we, we moved around a lot. I was born in, in like Whittier, you know, East, you know, like east of east la and and so i like many got displaced out more and more inland and so we moved Mm. all the way to san Bernardino, and i was just like so angry i was like this is horrible like why did we have to move here um Mm. and so i was like all right new me let's go and so i went super like funk like rockera like darks like the full thing (laughs) wearing all black like discovered punk music and right and, and that is when my oldest brother was like, why are you acting white? And I was like, what do you mean I'm acting white? I just like this music. What do you, what? And this is when I didn't even know yet about like rock and espanol and and like Mm -hmm. that whole movement too. And so, yeah, I I love like the misfits and social distortion and the addicts and, and, and rancid and, and black flag. But then like, then I was introduced to like the Smiths and like Depeche Mode Mm -hmm. and, and, then I was introduced to the world of emo and that was like <laughs> the era of like fueled by ramen and, and warp tour and right. wishing I could go to those festivals. But then that era turned into indie rock. And so that I always, since that music like got me, I was always stuck there with like alternative music, things that were like left leaning um, bands. And so yeah. It wasn't, and so like at that point, I was like rejecting. Like my mom wanted me to like sing like rancheras and stuff. My mom from like <laughs> Sinaloa, and she was like, you know, escucha a mi Lola Beltran, and like was like a super famous like ranchera singer from from there. Yeah. And so it wasn't until college where I was really missing my family that like I would put on like Linda Ronstadt's like Canciones de mi Padre album. And then that's when I found out about the rest of her career. And I was like, wait a second. She was Linda Ronstadt and the Stone Ponies. Wait a second. The Stone Ponies turned into the Eagles. Wait a second. She had a whole rock career and a country career and, and a yeah. folk career. And she did musicals too. Like, and I was like, wait a second. Like, I don't have to be just like a rockera. I don't have to be right. just listening to regional music. Like, I I can be all parts of that, you know? And right. so... And when I was in college, I got into like the whole singer songwriter movement. And then it wasn't until these last few years when I had an opportunity to finally create myself that I think all parts of myself came to the Mm. table and I got to honor my roots. I got to honor myself, my own taste. And like really what you hear in the music is like a mix of all of my inspirations, all my worlds that are then presented through like my lens because I... I would never want to just stick to one genre because that's so limiting to to me and to to my expression. And I think to a lot of folks who, you know, I think I speak to like the all like Latinas that like grew Mm -hmm. up with both, you know, you know, the music that you woke up on Saturday mornings that it was time to clean, but also 
the music that you'd listen onto your headphones full volume when you like <laughs> slammed your door and and you're about to cry you're supposed to sleep you know like <laughs> yeah. i can i can be both i can carry both right. yeah well i think and the irony is which I, I try to like really drive home to people is I mean, your story is a, another example of that. The moment that you really started to embrace who you were and all aspects of yourself, you're, that's why you're having the success that you're having right now, right? Because that's what makes you uniquely you. And that's what makes other people see themselves in you, right? So like, it, it is that embrace of understanding. I don't have to just be one thing. And, and that's your authenticity that makes it so powerful, right? Like makes you unstoppable, essentially, which I, I think is, is something I try to drive home to people. I think your story is a, a testament to that. Thank you so much for affirming that. I mean, that's all I I want for people to find their connection and their parallel and that like we're not a one size fits all kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, 100 percent. Well, listen. I've enjoyed the, this conversation. I really love your your perspective and your energy. I mean, uh, let, let's talk about the the film and everything. Obviously, Disney Plus is behind it, which big shout out to, to them. I would never have expected a documentary like this to be backed by Disney. But man, I, I love to see it. I mean, Disney coming to the to acquire the film was definitely a surprise for all of us. That, yeah. that was a big move that at the end of the day, the director's goal was to bring the story to the most accessible and global platform possible so the people who need to see it can see it. Well, listen, Doris, I mean, you got the EP out. We got Miha, the documentary, going all over the place. Where can people follow you on social if they want to keep up with everything you're doing? You can find me as Miha Doris on all socials. Amazing. Me there. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for, for hopping on the show. I really appreciate you. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Man, big shout out to Doris Anahi for hopping on today's show. Oh, man, inspirational. It it hits so close to home for me and my journey of the music industry. But I think anybody who is chasing a dream, chasing something that is out of the quote unquote norm, especially when it comes to your family, especially, man, if you are an immigrant, uh, it's not easy. And I think there's so many different burdens that we bear and it may be different a little bit for each and every one of us. But uh, I think there's definitely a commonality there. And, and actually, I wanted to to use that uh, for our Ask a Gringo segment and get y'all's take kind of uh, on a question that I'm, I'm posing around that idea. So I'll let y'all chime in, of course, as always, in our Ask a Gringo segment. Ask a Gringo. Uh, I have a question. All right. So I, I asked a, a, a simple question today, kind of based on Doris's story. I mean, you know, she's out there chasing her dreams and and man you know her her family was still showing her that love and support even though they didn't understand what she was doing and that's incredibly rare you know and um and and that was a beautiful thing to see especially for somebody like me who had kind of not necessarily kind of yeah, the opposite experience to a degree my parents didn't necessarily support what I was doing you know it took them a while to kind of be able to accept that I was going to be doing this job for for a living you know um, now, I wanted to, to ask y'all simply, has your family supported your dreams? How or how not? And I, I want to read a couple couple responses that I got on here. Uh, at Elizabeth underscore ZR says, yes, emotionally, not financially, but emotionally, 100%. That's what matters. And a- absolutely, I think for me, that resonates. And that's so beautiful because for me, that was what was lacking, right? You know, uh, again, my parents never kicked me out. My parents never let me go hungry. If I was ever in a bind, I knew I can come to them, you know, in, in reason, obviously, they weren't rich. But the emotional support for me that was lacking it is what hurt the most, you know, to to not have that from your your parents. That's something that led to me carrying around a lot of resentment towards them. So I think it's beautiful that that your family was able to support you in that way. Now, let's see. Uh, at Bren J Life Coaching, the homie, she says, uh, my husband has been 1000% on the support team. He's so supportive that even when I started to lose faith or patience, he just reaffirms and reminds me how far I've come. Or he'll just simply call me out on my BS if I'm just playing the victim in my own head. My mom is pretty supportive as well, but she definitely cautions me to be on the careful end. Take things slow, and sometimes she doesn't agree with my decisions and will later be understood and let me know she's proud. My dad, who immigrated here as a preteen, tends to not fully support. He definitely feels like hard work, Nine to nine is how you succeed. And even then, he laughed when I shared money goals with him once. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is another beautiful thing because you have people in your life who are 
supportive of you. It's great that you have a, a spouse who holds you accountable, but then also picks you up when you are are kind of down and when you are doubting yourself, right? And I think that that balance is so important. I know for me, that has been one of the the biggest sort of life changing things for me is is you know in my my current relationship. Um, that my my girlfriend does do that for me, right? She's she's there to to kind of talk me off the ledge when needed, but at the same time also ask me the questions of of holding myself accountable. Like, are you really putting in the the amount of work uh, needed? Uh, you know, the the amount of work in order for you to actually get upset or disappointed, you know, or are you just kind of complaining? And we'll we'll kind of have that that balancing act, you know. And she's very sweet about the way that that she does it, but I think it's important, you know, to not only support but at the same time hold each other accountable uh when it comes to if you're actually putting in that work uh, or or not right and I, I love that you know your your parents obviously find it more difficult but at least you have one parent who tends to understand and i think listen even if she your mom is holding you on the the sort of end of caution a bit more maybe that's what you need a little bit of as well you know i think we we also can't get too ahead of ourselves and at times we sort of just like jump without thinking and I think sometimes having that little voice in your head that allows you to make, you know, some some more calculated decisions isn't always a bad thing. As long as she doesn't make you doubt your own decisions. You know, that's that's kind of the balance to to find. Oh, my mom is a worry, you know, like a worry wart and is anxious about everything. So she like, you know, uh what will oftentimes have me second guessing my own decisions, which is isn't a positive thing. But at the same time, I think she has given me a bit of uh, you know, sort of cautious optimism which i think is, is beneficial and last one i'll read here is uh, at quantius johnson says my family only started to support my dreams when they saw that i was serious and and quite frankly i think that's the right way to do it you know i i was was talking about this with my girl the other day just like the idea of raising children and and like you know them showing interest in certain things and perhaps showing interest in creative fields. And, and for me, you know, I think uh, thinking ahead as a parent, you know, I would support my my kid going into a creative field, you know, as long as they showed me that they were very serious about it. Right. And that's the caveat. You know, I'm not going to just blindly support some sort of pipe dream that you're you're feeding to yourself that you think is so easy to make it. And and it just happens, you know, overnight. But if my kid is serious about it, is putting in the work, putting in the reps, you know, Really thinking it through, I 100% will will be there to to support them and help facilitate in, in any way that I can. But I think definitely showing that you're serious to me is is uh, kind of the line, you know. And then from there, all the support should should follow. So I think your parents uh, are definitely doing a great job there uh, of holding you accountable, at least. And with that said, thank y'all so much for chiming in on our Ask a Gringo segment at DJ Drombles. If y'all want to be a part of these, I do on Instagram. I pose a question usually for each and every episode. So you want to be part of the conversation, hit me up at DJ Dramos. And now with that said, man, let's kind of tie everything we talked about today up in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. Man, so with, with this one, it for me, it was just inspiring. I, I think the, the biggest takeaway from, from my conversation with, with Doris is like, Allow yourself to just be open to to life, right? And I, I think that's something I've talked about before. It's a reminder to myself, but we oftentimes get so caught up in like the idea we have in our head or we think something is meant to last forever. And and I just think you have to go with the flow of life and see what opportunities kind of come your way. And then also with her, I, I love how she feels like she was sort of at a cross in the road, right? Where it was like either go off and do this artist thing that I'm interested in and, and try it out or understand that, you know, taking the job of the music industry is, is going to lay out the next few years of your life. And that is going to be your life. And I think, you know, understanding the the risks, the rewards involved and in all of that, and then making the decision and kind of being fearless uh, about betting on yourself when the time is right. And I, I think that's kind of the the huge kind of grand scheme of it all. Again, be open to anything that life throws at you, the opportunities that life throws at you. And and then also understand when it's time to to take that risk. You know, she she balanced things as much as she could for as long as she could, uh, you know, until she she burned herself out and, and understood that it was time to to make a decision that she couldn't have both things. You know, she had to choose one. 
And, and because she had had all of that experience prior, you know, she was able to take the calculated risk and better herself, you know, and, and had the confidence that she could make something of it based upon all the experience that she's had prior to. So I think that's kind of the, the bigger kind of key fundamental takeaways, I think, from my conversation with Doris and just super inspiring and anybody chasing a dream, whatever it might be, whatever industry it is, uh, man, I, I think just try and take notes from from her story and allow yourself to be open to, to whatever life may bless you with. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into this week's episode. We'll be back on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode, of course. Man, at DJ Dramos on social media. I am, uh, man, doing TikTok uh, a lot more frequently now. I'm invested in it. I've seen the light. And also, if you can, you haven't yet, uh, leave us a review on the podcast app. Man, it always helps out to, to get those reviews in, helps us get placements and, and grow the show, all that good stuff. Tell a friend, you know, whatever it is. I really do appreciate that. All the love at DJ Dramas on social media. Hit me up. I always try to respond. I appreciate all you guys who have been hitting me up, giving me feedback. It really means the world to me. So thank you. And man, I'll catch y'all on Thursday. So then stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar20enespañol.com. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinz Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.